everybody. Praise God. What a wonderful name it is. Amen. Well, Pastor's not here this morning, as you can see. Uh, he's out of town. A few weeks ago, uh, I had the honor of, of performing a wedding for a friend of mine and uh, lives in the area, but they were going to get married outside the area in, a, in the hills of Yukaipa. So um, I got to uh, spend the night in the lovely town of Redland. Well, Pastor's friend is, uh, also got married this week, but Pastor got to spend the night in the lovely town of Hawaii, <laughs> doing the wedding in Hawaii. And what's wrong with this picture? I'm in Redlands and he's in Hawaii. <laughs> Something is wrong here, huh? But uh, he'll be back, he and Michelle will be back tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, but they needed a much deserved getaway, so we're good to see him. Well, we do have some things coming up here. Um, we did have the food ministry yesterday, had a wonderful time. Uh, people were just being prayed for, getting food and supplies. Um, it's just amazing how appreciative the people are when they come to receive it. Really a big help to them. And so we had a great uh, team there yesterday just helping out. We even had some, uh, a dad from the homeschool that uses our facility. He came out yesterday to help as well, and he really enjoyed it. He's going to bring his daughter next time, and uh, his name is Zephaniah. <laughs> and that was kind of cool. He calls himself Zeph. I kept on calling him Seth, and he says, Ernie, it's, it's, it's Seth, like in Zephaniah. Then it's okay, now I got it, you know? <laughs> but, oh. Uh, and uh, also we have uh, coming up June 25th, uh, Aloha Sunday. From what I understand, Pastor is bringing Eric a grass skirt from Hawaii so he can lead worship in a grass skirt on that Sunday. <laughs> uh, and then on July the 2nd, we're going to have to get Eric baptized again after that. No, we're going to have a water baptismal after service on July the 2nd and um, with a celebration lunch to follow. So... Uh, and I believe you can go on our website to sign up if you want to get baptized. Uh, so uh, take advantage of that. Uh, we now have a nice jacuzzi that we put out here, nice heated water so uh, to be baptized in. I'm going to bring some shorts, too, so when you guys all leave, I can just sit in the jacuzzi. So <laughs> <laughs> kick back, have my Pepsi. So, <laughs> well, why don't we go ahead and uh, prepare our, our tithe and our offerings uh, this morning. We have uh, uh, three ways that you can give. You have an envelope in the back seat of your uh, chair there. You can put it in the tithe box there to your right. You can go on the uh, church website, or you can also mail it to our P.O. box for you. And uh, so that's a way to give your offerings to the Lord. And this is the uh, uh, scripture pastor has for us today in Malachi 310. It says, bring all your tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heavens for you and pour out such a blessing that there will be not enough room to receive it. And you know, and it's with that overflow that we're able to bless those around us. Amen? God doesn't want us to have just enough. He wants us to have more than enough. 
so we can bless those around us. And I think that's really awesome. And God will do it. He said it. He'll do it. Amen? Great. Kevin, is there a, uh, there we go. Thank you, sir. So as we give our offering, let's all say this together, the prayer the pastor has for us. Are we ready? Here we go. As I give in today's offering, I stand on God's promises that the Lord will cause his blessings to come upon me as the windows of heaven are open. Let it be more than I can handle. In Jesus' name, amen. More than I can handle. Let it come, Lord. Whew. Better get some bigger pockets. Well, we're going to be blessed this morning with uh, Pastor Eric once again to teach us from the Word. So, Eric, come on up. Aloha, aloha, brother. <laughs> Ernie was on fire this morning, man. That would be a sight to see, huh? The whole worship team. Wow. Well, good morning. God bless everyone. Um, if you have your Bibles today, let's turn to the book of James, the book of James chapter one. Uh, we're going to get into uh, the book of James, the first part. I kind of feel like I'm piggybacking a little bit off of pastor's message last week. Uh, there's a couple things that hit me and stuck with me. Uh, one of them was the mentality of Paul when he was in the prison and he was said that if you visit the prison that Paul was in, that the stewage would rise up and he'd have to be on a lifted bed and having to stay in those conditions. But yet it's the same guy who says, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, he said. And as the message was finished, uh, Pastor Michelle comes up and she talked about how hard it is when we are in our circumstances and situations that we go through to see clearly because the Bible says to count it all joy as we're going to read today. And it's kind of like, well, how do you count it all joy? Like, <laughs> gosh, that almost sounds like an oxymoron or something that shouldn't even happen. When you're having a bad time, you're having a bad time. How can you call it joy? And she said something to the effect that while God, we need to pray for God to open our eyes spiritually to see what God is doing. So I want to further on on that thought process around that topic because I think and I know each and every one of us go through things every single day amen whether it's uh, somebody cutting you off on the freeway whether it's a financial reversal or whether it's your kid who's going nuts today and you're having to have the patience to deal with them amen but all of us have situations we call them trials and tribulations amen and so today's message, uh, if it was to be, have a title on it, would be Purer Than Fine Gold. Purer Than Fine Gold. So let's pray today. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you're going to uh, reveal your word to us today. We thank you, Father, that it will fall on good soil. Lord, that it will not be this flesh, but your spirit speaking through me. And may it be your word, and may it land on good soil and produce much fruit in all of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. James chapter 1 says this, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. And it says, greetings. 
My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Give me a second, guys. I'm sorry. I have so many verses here. Next verse. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives it liberally, without reproach. And it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven. Thank you, guys. <laughs> so, basically what we're saying is, here's, here's where the scripture comes, where, where Sister Michelle shared last week that, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials. In fact, it says something like this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face many kinds of trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, lacking nothing. So the scripture is telling us that through the process of trials and tribulations, God is working something out in your life and in my life to help us to become even more complete as a believer. And look what, look what 1 Peter 4.12 says. It says, Beloved, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. Peter's saying it. Hey, don't think it's strange like you're the only one going through something in the world. How many of you guys ever felt that way? Like I'm the only one going through something in the world right now. But the Bible says, and Peter says, hey, don't think it's strange the fiery trial that you're going through. That's, that's, that's part of your Christianity. That's part of your walk, your walk and my walk. And for some reason, uh, God will put us through trials to begin to do a work within your life, in my life. Uh, it's not fun. It's not a, it's not, I don't wake up saying like, oh man, cool, man, I just got a trial this morning. Praise God, I'm excited. You know, thank you, Lord. Get it hotter, make it harder for me, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Like, the fiery, the better. You know, we don't have that mentality, like, more, Lord, more, you know. No, we're not like Satanists or something, you know, just people who want pain and all this. No, we are people like, as I believe anyways, that we like life to go forth pretty smoothly, <laughs> pretty calmly. But how many of you guys know that God uses these things to mold us and to fashion us and to build us and to use us with more character than we could even imagine? That's what's going on. God is building up a, a certain amount of character in each and one of our lives. I like how the Amplified reads in 1 Peter 4.12, Beloved, don't be surprised as a fiery ordeal which is taking place to test you. That is to test the quality of your faith. It tests the quality of your faith as though something strange or unusual has happened to you. Your faith gets tested in a day-to-day -day basis. Sometimes we're being tested to see where are we going to be when we, when, when, when we don't feel God. Wow, God feels a little distant from our situation. How do I react? And those are the times when we realize, man, Lord, I, I'm not there yet. 
And those are the times that kind of often bring us closer to God, right? Saying, Lord, I need you. And those are the times where it's very revealing to us who we are. The phrase says this in the verse, it says, count it all joy. Count it all joy or count it. And the word literally means consider it or to change your mind maybe about your trials, how you look at them. Change your mind how you're viewing your trial. In view of your trial, look at it from a different perspective than maybe you're looking at, darn, I'm going through another trial. I can't, hey, I hate it. You know, look at them all happy and everything. I got this going on in my life. I got that going on in my life. Ah, it makes me sick. Look at my neighbor over there. I know he doesn't work it. How come he has all this money? <laughs> What's going on? And I'm struggling paycheck to paycheck. I, you know, it just drives me crazy and, and your trials. But you know, James is saying, change the perspective. Consider it joy. Think about it. Say, hey, maybe God is trying to do something in my life right now. And wow, what a blessing. What do you mean God is trying to do something in my life? Like, I remember Psalms uh, 8, 3, and 4. When I consider the heavens and the works of your fingers, the moon, the stars, uh, uh, which you ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him. In other words, God loves us that much that he's willing to stop everything. And you might have a trial in your life right now, but what he's doing is he's mindful of you because he sees you not where you're at right now. He sees you better, uh, where he wants you, a better man, a better woman of God. He's doing a work in you, and he's allowing certain situations so you and I can grow up in Christ. Hallelujah. God is developing faith. You're having to believe things. You're having to stand in faith, not knowing maybe what tomorrow will bring. But God is definitely developing faith. Now, James, the writer of this, is no stranger to this either. James himself, it would say that James, James the just, he's called the half-brother of Jesus. This was the brother of Jesus. His father was the heavenly father. Come on. And James' father was Joseph. And what happened is, James was called James the just. This man was so known as the just, and they say that his, his knees had like swelling on him, like calluses, because he was so much in prayer to the Lord. So when he writes to these tribes, he knows what's going on. He goes, I'm writing to you to the tribes that are scattered abroad. In other words, he knew and understood that there was problems going on in the church. And the persecution took the church from within, and then all of a sudden the government started persecuting the church. And it scattered the Christians to all the red states. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Oh, Forgive me, Lord. It scattered the church because there was persecution going on in the area. Amen? There was persecution taking place. And he knew it. That's why he's writing to him. And he was, like I said, he was nobody who was, didn't know. He wasn't somebody who wasn't familiar with persecution. The uh, Fox's Book of Martyrs state in history says that he was on the temple and they pushed him over for his faith. And he fell on the ground and he hit the ground, but he didn't die. And they say that he got on his knees and one of the men were over there laughing. I'm looking at this fool over here. He's over here begging for his life. And one of the men says, you're the fool. He's not begging for his life. He's praying for you and your salvation. James, he knew about 
struggle. He knew about pain. He knew about persecution. And in 1 Peter uh, 1, verses 6 to 7, it says this, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while it's necessary that you have been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith be more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now you begin to see how some of the distress, the trials, it's a proof of our faith. We don't just bend to every wind of doctrine and what the world says. We stand fast in our faith because our faith is more precious than gold, which is perishable. And even though it's tested by fire, it may be found as a result of praise to God. In other words, when fire hits, hits you, you're able to withstand it. Isn't it interesting how fire works? I got all into this uh, gold miner thing. I don't know, it's an old program. But right now, I'm all into it. Gold hunters, I don't know. It just kind of got this kind of cool thing. And they're finding gold. And I didn't know, I do know they melt gold down. We do know that. And after it gets so hot, it gets really hot, it begins to boil in the pot. And then they get it out and they knock the slag off of it, which is all the junk. And I thought about it and I said, isn't that what God is doing as us, as believers? This refined metal, this refined faith is the kind of faith that is under heat at times, under, uh, if you would, trial, and the flames come up. And as the flames come up, what comes up with it is all the junk, all the stuff starts coming up when we're pressed. When the heat comes, all the stuff comes up. And then God brings it up, and we see it, and it's like, no, no, you're not that slag. You're not that stuff. That's not you. That may be in you, but let's knock that off here, and let's shine you up and get you shined up because you are precious in the eyes of God. You are, your faith is like precious metals that are being refined in the fire. Your faith is like precious uh, silver that's being refined, and as they keep scraping the top off of that, uh, the founder or the person who's working the silver is looking at it. Eventually, it gets so shiny that he can actually see his face or reflection on the metal and how God looks to us and is working us. And sooner or later, guess what he's going to begin to see in us? His reflection in our lives. Amen? Romans chapter 8. Well, excuse me. Let me read some other ones. Behold, in Isaiah 48, 10, Behold, I have refined you, but not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Yeah, there's no such thing as Bowflex Christianity, guys. You ever see the Bowflex commercial? The person's all buffed out and everything. You know darn well he didn't just get that thing and go like this and turn buff. It took time. It took energy. It took effort. It took trial it took tribulation for him to get to that place in romans chapter 5 verses 3 and 4 it says not only this but we exalt in our tribulations knowing that our tribulations bring about perseverance and perseverance notice this proven character and proven character hope it does something about our character and 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 i like to to think about that because you know God in his wisdom builds character in his saints. And sometimes that's not even preached sometimes in, 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 in circles about how God is actually building us up so we could be good representatives of his. 
and have wisdom. Amen. Have a good character. The world has enough characters. It wants people with character, right? God help us all. So, I like what Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29 says. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28 and 29. And it says that, and we know that all things work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Now, most of us see, read that, and that's where we stop, because somebody's going through something, we say, hey, brother, sister, all things work together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Those are the scriptures that we go to. Amen? Have you not shared that? But if you read on, it says, the one who he foreknew, he predestined, he also conformed to be the image of his son. You see that? That he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Jesus allows things in our lives because he's doing it so that we can look more and more like his son. Amen. Thus, God is doing the work in you and I. I like what James says here. He says, uh, but when you ask, he says, if any of you guys, anyone lacks wisdom in verse 5, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. James talks about wisdom because that is that point that we're talking about. How do I deal with my trials? If I know that God is doing something in me and through me and God is making me more like him, then in wisdom I can say, you know what? I know God has a plan in this situation. I know, I know, it doesn't look good, but all things work together for the good for those who are called, who love God and are called according to his purpose. I know something's going on, Lord. So when we have wisdom, we're able to think like that. I know, you know what, the, the enemy's playing with me now because he knows that this situation's bothering me. But Lord, I know you're doing something. Maybe it's teaching me, teaching my hands to war. Some of you guys, teaching your hands to war, what do you mean? Maybe God's teaching your hands to war, like David. You teach my hands to war, he says. In other words, God trains us up sometimes in trials. How many of you guys know unless you, you're in a fight, you'll never know what it's like? You, you, can, you can watch, you can shadow box all you want, amen? We can shadow box and, and, and man, and, and mimic our, our, our greatest fighters and everything. But unless we ever stepped in the ring, we would never know what that would be like. And here, I believe that wisdom says, hey, maybe God is training me to war. Maybe God is teaching me how to stand in my trial that when the enemy does come in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord raises the standard against him. And I learn how to lean more on the Spirit of God and less on my physical or my flesh. I'm leaning more on God, less on me. Amen? Isn't that what John said? He must increase and I must decrease. Sometimes our trials teach us that Man, some of our greatest trials teach us that I'm in a place where, Lord, I've, I've asked everybody, I've tried everything, and I can't do anything now. All I could do is look up, and we have our hands kind of like tied, and you think, wow, that's a horrible place to be, when in actuality, it's a very good place to be, because that's a place where you have to stand in faith of God, and you got to fight, and you got to believe what God has said. Amen? That's the truth. Those are the times, those are the seasons when we are our strongest. It's proven that the persecuted church is a stronger church. 
The church that is being persecuted is stronger. You know, uh, uh, when we have, we're fat and we have a lot, it's weaker because we have everything. But when you're drawing from God, you have to get from God. And we should be that way, amen? We should be that way, regardless if you have, regardless if you, you feel like you're strong. We should all, not always draw from God like that. But the, the persecuted church was a praying church because they knew they needed God. They knew they needed God. No matter what was going on, they knew one thing. They were persecuted. The only way they could get them through it is God. And they were learning how. They were trained, right? They were getting trained. And that's how you and I are growing. That's part of the process. We're getting trained, man. Like Instead of just reaching for the, for the medicine, we pray for things. Instead of just, uh, 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 you know, instead of complaining and whining, you know, and, and, and getting angry about it, we start to quiet ourselves more, right? And pray about it. Instead of going to that person right away and giving them a piece of your mind, you say, Lord, I'm going to pray about this. Because there's no good that's going to happen right now when I meet her or him. I'm going to meet them right now and nothing good's going to come out of my mouth. I need to pray. And then let me tell you, sometimes some of our biggest trials are that of relationships. Some of our biggest trials are that of our family. Amen? Come on now. Some of our hardest times are with the ones closest to us, the ones we love, and we're still learning how to temper that by trials. That's the only way we learn. Hallelujah. But if anyone lacks wisdom, he says, he should ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. Lord, I need wisdom. I need wisdom to see my situation in the light of, that you see it because they don't always make sense. But I know one thing. I know that God is love. I know that God has my best interest in mind. Amen? I know that he has the, my best interest and your best interest in mind. So he says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. He give, he'll give it freely without finding fault. He's generous with wisdom. In fact, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Yes. So we got to pray for it. First thing is just knowing, man, God's in control and I'm not. I have this. One of our, I'm going to read from my notes. One of our toughest things to hold on in spite of, is to hold on in spite of our feelings. Or what you're going through. I don't know what it is, man, but man, I don't always feel like a Christian. Uh, am I the only one? Because I don't live by feelings. I walk by faith. And if I live by my feelings, then some days I'd be great, some days I'd go down, some days I'd go great, some days I'd go down. And James is saying, hey, man, uh, ask for wisdom in that. Because... We are in desperate need of wisdom when we go through our trials because that's what goes on with us. We have ups, we have downs. Our feelings are going up and down. But you're no less saved than you were yesterday, amen? You're no less saved than you will be tomorrow. You're still saved. You just feel like you're going through it. But God is teaching us how to go through it. Wisdom tells us that he, that is God, is a very present help in time of trouble. Wisdom tells us that he who began a good work in us will complete it till the day of Christ Jesus. It's wisdom talking, his word. Instead of thinking of negative, I think, what will wisdom say? Well, wisdom says, I'm God, and if I'm God is for me, who can be against me? Wisdom tells us that there are such things as growing pains. 
How many guys ever had kids that, that, that had growing pains? Mine didn't have them too bad, but I, I heard some kids like just in a lot of pain growing. And sometimes it is in our walk. But wisdom tells us that there's, there's, there is pain in it. And just as they say, the guys will work out and stuff. I haven't worked out in a while. But when I was buff, I always tell my wife when I worked out. I'm just kidding. But anyways, if there's no pain, there's no gain. With no pain, there's no gain. That's what the, that's what, that's the truth. Developing a faith muscle takes exercise. And wisdom tells us that God is just doing that in our lives. He's building us up. I have a Psalm 66, 10, 12, and it says, For you have tried us, O God. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us up into the net. You laid an oppressive burden upon our loins. It's Israel. You made men right over our heads. We went through the fire and through the water, yet you brought us out into a place of abundance. Wisdom tells us when we come out of this, we're going to come into a place of abundance. You may be going through a hard time right now, but I consider, the Bible says consider Job. <laughs> Remember Job? He went through all his trial, but in the very end, he got a double portion of everything. He got double for his trouble. Amen. He got a lot for what he went through. Amen. And we need to realize that God is working it out for our good. Wisdom reminds us we have great reward when we endure. Have you ever met people who have been in the Lord a while? They're pretty firm. Trials come, they go, and you think, how can they still be standing so firm? It's because they have grown through their trials and through the wisdom. I had a pastor, a friend of mine, I used to wonder, Pastor, how, how are you doing it? There was only like a handful of people in his church. He says, I don't worry about it no more, man. He says, the Lord provides. I'm thinking, really? I knew his overhead. And the Lord was providing quite a bit of money <laughs> with just a few people. But yet, he didn't worry about it. Because he had been through the trial. And he's been through the ups, ups, and the downs. And he learned that, hey, perseverance. I visited a wonderful lady uh, recently. She's like 80-something years old. She has cancer throughout her body. And uh, she weighs like 54 pounds. And I walked in there and she said, Oh, hi, how you doing? Oh, you look the same. And I thought she would be wrapped up in tubes and, and just, you know, what do you call it? And she was a prayer warrior her whole life, so I'm grateful how God has her right now because she was a woman of prayer. She was a woman of prayer. I mean, that's all she did was pray. She prayed for that church, she prayed for the church, she prayed for the church, and then she prayed for the church. She has zero pain in her body. Zero pain in her body. She, uh, she, 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 she has all her mind and all her, all her faculties. And she's asking us how we're doing. It's a woman of faith. <laughs> a woman of endurance. A woman who's been through trials and ups and downs, but knows that for this momentary light affliction that she's going through, there's a much greater glory that she's going to come into when she comes to heaven. She knows it. Sometimes we need to realize that the trial is just but for a season. It's but for a moment. What you're going through it right now, it's going to end. And when you come out, I bet you that faith muscle you have or that you're developing, it's going to look pretty good in the spirit. You're going to be buffed out in the spirit. Amen? Can you be buffed out in the spirit? 
Yeah. Yeah, I bet that lady, if I could see her in the spirit, you know, spiritually, man, she's more alive than a lot of people. Amen. Because of her walk. So it's encouraging. Wisdom is freely given, and we're told to ask in faith. He says, when you ask, and I'm almost done. I'm going to conclude with this last verses. When you ask, you must, you must believe and not doubt, because one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. Such a person should not expect to receive anything of the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. And you know, you could this will preach. I understand that. It'll preach. But let me just say that double-minded unstableness, James is saying, look, man, I, I know the way you feel through the trial, but don't pray like that. <laughs> you get it? He knows that, like, the way, doesn't that feel like a trial? The waves and winds, aren't they symbolic of the trial? Remember, remember Jesus on the boat with the disciples, the winds and waves were coming, and they were going up and down, and then he told them, hey, man, what are you guys worried about? Oh, ye a little faith, and he rebuked the winds and waves, and they were calm, and they were blown away because he was not only the God who heals the sick, but he was a God who calms a wave, and they thought to themselves, what manner of man is this? But for a moment there, they thought their life was over. For a moment there, they thought that trial, they thought that test was going to knock them overboard. They thought it was over for good. But God is saying, hey, when you're going up and down, don't be up and down with your faith. You may feel up and down, but don't do that with your faith. You might, you might, you might, you might cry and stuff your head in a pillow and, and just scream, but your faith is still there. The Bible says all you need is faith of a mustard seed. I'm pretty sure if we all got it here today, we have faith of a mustard seed. And that we can ask any, we can ask the mountain to be moved, and it will be moved. So don't doubt. Don't doubt because you're having a bad experience in your Christian walk. Don't doubt. Man, you're going to have many, but you're going to have many awesome days in the Lord. Oh, the, your awesome days in the Lord will outnumber your, 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 uh, your pain. Amen? So when you ask, don't doubt, he says. The example he gives us is a wave going up and down. It's a great illustration of trials going up and down, our feelings, our situations. But do not let that deter our relationship with our God. Our faith needs to stand. No wonder why it's called the good fight of faith. You ever thought about that? Fight the good fight of faith. Because everything we do is faith. We're believing in a God we don't see right now. We're believing that one day we're going to go to heaven and we're going to spend eternity with God and we cannot see it with our natural eyes. But one day we will go there. And having not seen, yet we believe and rejoice with joy unspeakable. Right? We know that the Spirit of God just tells us. No wonder why it's called the good fight of faith. We read, we walk by faith and not by sight. If we don't walk by faith, we're unstable. Our stability is in question. So how do we walk? Do we walk with faith? Fickle are our emotions. When we feel our soulish emotions, they are fickle. But we try to govern them not by our flesh, but by the Spirit of God. Amen? And that's where God wants us to be. So I'm going to conclude with that thought. Let me just read these scriptures in order and just let them flow. There's about four scriptures I drew from, and I'll conclude today. Amen. Says, Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to 
you to contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And Jesus said, I have said these things to you that in you you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Hebrews 10, 23 says, let's hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. In Revelations 2, 26 says, the one who conquers and who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. I'm coming soon. Hold fast to what you have so that no one may seize your crown. The one who conquers will have this heritage and I will be his God and he will be my son. Amen. God bless. Let's pray. Father, thank you, Lord God, uh, for this word. I pray, Lord, that it fell on good soil. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless uh, the church as we uh, conclude service. We thank you for those who are here, those who came out today. Uh, Lord, we just praise you and we give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you need any prayer or anything, come on up. I'd love to pray with you. we get some folks. We can pray together. Uh, and uh, But if not, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and give you peace. God bless you. Good day.